welcome to another episode of Bitter and Jaded. I'm your host, Joshua Scott, and today I have with me a video producer who is always willing to lend a hand. My friend Jared, what's up, man? How are you? <laughs> I didn't expect the cheesiest intro, but I love it. Very good. <laughs> well, tell people a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Jared Cobb, as you said. I am a wannabe filmmaker from mm -hmm. Georgia here, hopefully moving to Atlanta very soon to continue to pursue that. Mm -hmm. I'm also a hot sauce connoisseur, I would say. <laughs> it's definitely a big interest of mine that I've had for a while. I think the show Hot Ones definitely inspired that, but <laughs> we'll, we can get more into that later. Well, cool. Well, as that terrible intro stated, uh, you, sir, have a degree in video production. So what does that mean? I don't know what that means, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I even know what it means, to be completely honest. It basically just means that I got a college degree and I did it just for the paper. It's definitely like the worst money I've ever spent in my life. <laughs> There's a lot of just like inherent problems with film school. Mm -hmm. And a lot of... So the main reason you would really go to film school is like to network. Uh -huh. Most people don't really go there to like learn film. And in my opinion, like if you do like you're kind of doing it a little bit wrong because even if you go to, to film school or to school for film, mm. then most of the experience and the things you learn are going to be like doing things with other people out of class. Mm. And that's been true for like almost everyone I've ever met at film school. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, what does that paper do for you? You spent all this money on it. You want all to do all this stuff. Now you have the paper. You've secured the paper. What does that do for you? Anything? Uh, it helps me get student loans to pay every month. <laughs> oh, that, wow. That's currently it. It hasn't done anything for me. I've gotten everywhere I have been in film purely because of like networking and luck. Those are like my two biggest like blessings right now. The gotcha. degree has done absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, what got you started in film? So it actually started when I was like, I think I was 10 years old and my dad got this like home video camera and I just like instantly became obsessed with like making movies and like making films. <laughs> my friends and I would make videos of us like pretending to beat each other up in the yard uh -huh. and then we would like see the person recording. We'd all run at them and we made like seven of those in one day and i just started recording like everything i'd want to make like video game videos but i didn't have like software to do it because i was like like 10 so i was like not looking into hypercam and stuff yeah. at the time from the old days <laughs> so i'd like set the camera up on a tripod and like point it at my computer and be like this is me getting 60 attack on runescape and like, just like nerdy little kid stuff like that that's awesome and then eventually it just kind of progressed to me and my friends being like okay well what if we kind of like scripted a video uh -huh. and then doing like more and more of that and then i kind of realized from there Editing is like what I really want to do. So that's kind of what I'm like trying to do full time here now. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. So like you're just like, man, I just want to sit behind this computer and make it look good. That, that's your yeah, exactly. now. It's, it's some good <laughs> stuff, dude. And there's like so much art that goes into it. Like a lot of people, I think, maybe have the misconception that like you just sit down and you're just like, okay, well, I have a script. I'm just going to put the clips in, in this order and it's mm. going to look great and be awesome. And I yeah. just make a couple cuts here and there. But like there's so much more that goes into it. Yeah, yeah. Because like, even if it's something's a little bit off, too, you can tell. Like, if you're cutting cutting here to here, and it just, like, there's a bunch of examples that are out there. You know, like, I, I saw this video the other day on the internet where this dude literally put a shoe on, like, 16 times. Right. It's cracking me up. Like, the, the scene was going. They were having this argument or whatever, and he put that shoe on. Like, yeah, and that's times. the thing. Those continuity errors <laughs> get you, too, man. You was, there like a, was there, like, a specific film that you were just like, I want to do this? I want to make something similar to this? Or it's just filming your runescape videos but just honestly just kind of making my own stuff i'm probably like the worst filmmaker in the world at this like, <laughs> i'm really bad at like sitting down and just watching movies like i love it when i do but i just like like rarely find the motivation like you can you can name like any popular movie right now and there's probably like a 50 percent chance i've never even seen <laughs> it. i'm like so bad about it <laughs> which is like terrible for someone who wants to go into that field and make that stuff yeah and I've had friends be like, oh, like, maybe that's, like, a blessing. Like, you're not, like, your mind's not, like, full of all this other other crap where you're going to be thinking about that instead I mean, of, like... yes, but also, like, what if you make a movie and you're like, oh, man, it turned out that's Star Wars. I thought I was doing something yeah, cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's literally happened to me before. We've been, like, I've been writing scripts with my friends and we, like, look something up and we find, like, exactly what our idea is and we're like, oh, shit, dude. That is, that is just bad to see. <laughs> so you said you went to college and a lot of that was networking or whatever. Right. But, like, what's the curriculum like? Are they, like, making you, like film and edit stuff like you know this this is the type of school when i think of school it's books but right this is not a book you've got like a 
a whole thing going on so yeah i don't think in any film class i ever had to like sit down and like read a book uh-huh. we had like textbooks and the most that would ever happen is like if you want to know how to do this one very specific thing like look it up in the, in the textbook mm-hmm. most of the curriculum they try to get as hands-on as they can with it and luckily at georgia southern where i graduated from the most useful thing we had is in the basement of the film building there was like this entire studio so it had like this huge green screen wall oh, cool. going, big desk, like all these chairs, like a three camera setup. And then it also had like the uh, room where like you have like the the switcher, like the control panel to like mm-hmm. cut between the cameras and like a headset to talk to the camera crew. So like doing that was like super awesome because like, that's cool. Unless you like get a job on it, you're not going to get an experience like that doing like live production, you mm-hmm. know. So like stuff like that was really good. But a lot of it was more learning how to think about film compared to like doing it because i mean there's so many students and only so much equipment you know so yeah the teachers kind of have to like stagger all the the assignments there to make sure like okay not everyone's going to be going to get a camera on monday like yeah we need, we need to make sure everybody can have access to it <laughs> and luckily a lot of people like have their own stuff which is really helpful but oh, okay like the teachers of course like most of the equipment that you could rent was like much better than like you know like a crappy camera like <laughs> Canon camera or something take it on your iphone <laughs> yeah exactly. like. <laughs> you'd be surprised there's a few short films that have done like pretty well filmed on like iphones really? and stuff. Yeah. that's crazy man that's crazy i, know, I can't imagine like being on a serious set and a guy like whips that's, out his phone yeah that's the cinematographer like, you ready and he like pulls his phone out he's like yeah let uh, me just send this text and we're ready <laughs> like what the heck i'd be like this is i'd leave then i'd be like this is amateur hour <laughs> so like it was just like um a bunch of like on hand stuff like that's like was it all in that room you said they would take you to other stuff and, and do stuff like that like there's got to be like you can't be just filming the whole time right because yeah exactly that sounds awesome i would love to do that but they're not <laughs> yeah, gonna let yeah. you do that that would be great that's like the ideal film yeah. school right there because <laughs> you're gonna be getting on like these different sets a lot of it would be like so let's i had this one class it was called film theories mm. and you would go in there and every week we would have a movie to watch and then we would talk about it and like different aspects of it. So we would watch like whole tons of variety of stuff. We watch everything from like Citizen Kane to like Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. And we would go in and like my teacher would just like play a scene and be like, what does this mean? <laughs> and you would have to like use like different film references, like because of like these camera angles and these shots, this is what I think they're trying to convey. Huh. And we would all just kind of like talk about it. And that's the stuff about editing that's like super interesting to me is like, using different types of shots and stuff to kind of convey different feelings. Cause you know, if you have a shot that's like this close in on my face, like all you <laughs> see is my eyes, you're going to be like, that. that's going to make you feel kind of like weird and claustrophobic. Like you're like, dude, get out of my face. Yeah. He's right here. But if I'm like a mile away and I'm like five pixels on the screen, you're just like, what's going on? Like <laughs> that guy's just kind of chilling there. It looks, <laughs> looks pretty lonely. Like all of it just conveys like such different stuff. And I think uh-huh. it's just so interesting that That's you can really like cool. kind of toy with people's emotions in a way and uh-huh. like, kind of direct them on how you want them to feel purely just based off like what shot you show them. Oh, okay. Okay. And that all has to do with like the angles and the, and the lighting and all of that. Yeah, crap exactly. Like that. All uh-huh. of it goes together. So like all the lighting, like you can do like so much with even just like one light, depending on like where you have it around someone's face. Mm-hmm. It's just like it all conveys just like such different feeling. And then the tricky part of editing is sequencing and putting all that together to be like at the start of this scene, I want the people to be like slightly confused, but then I want them to feel like melancholy at the end or whatever, you know? Uh-huh. Just kind of like guiding people in the direction you want them with like what you have. Oh, okay. That sounds cool, man. That sounds cool. So you guys just, would they play the movie in class? Or would you have to like watch it at home? You would have to watch it at home, but oh, luckily I, I had a lot of like... old like TV on the little wheels. <laughs> Come yeah, on, guys. Let's I, watch Spirited Away. <laughs> I know. That'd be so awesome, dude. They bring in like a VCR yeah! Spirited Away. I'd be like, heck yeah, dude. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to have a friend who was willing to host a movie night every week. So oh, we would okay. all just like... Everyone would just like bring a snack, maybe a bottle of wine, and we'd just go chill and watch some movies that together. That sounds pretty good. That's... And it was it was especially good if it was a really bad movie. Like yeah. Citizen Kane. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it is not a very fun watch. <laughs> all of our, all I know about Citizen Kane is that one scene from Family Guy where it's just like it's oh, it's, yeah. it's a rosebud. It's it's his, uh, what do you call it? It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, like it's the, his sleigh yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's like it's a sled. It's That's a sled. all it is. I just saved you three hours of your life. That's what. I... <laughs> That's really all it is. And like the reason that movie is so popular is because it's it was the first one that really started using like a ton of really good like techniques and like it was like very innovative for the time. But that time was 
much too long ago yeah, to yeah. still be interesting for the average person. <laughs> was that the worst movie you ever watched with Citizen Kane? Probably. Really? <laughs> because I'm still talking about it. It must have been. <laughs> we talk about some classes that you liked. Is there any classes you absolutely hated where you're just like, man, I'm a, I'm a field man. Why am I doing this class? <laughs> I don't know. For me, it was mostly like if I had to take like a gen ed class, like if I had to go take like an English class or something, I was mm-hmm. like, dude, what the heck? This is stupid. Like, <laughs> I don't want to sit here and write like a 10 page essay about some book. I'm probably just going to spark notes in the end anyway. <laughs> like most of the film classes were actually like very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And especially as you kind of go on through the courses, it's like, you know, a pretty tight knit program. So you kind of like after like your second year, there's never going to be like a class where you're like, oh, wow, I don't know anybody. I don't have any friends in here. Mm-hmm. And there was like plenty of cool opportunities as well that kind of came up from it, which oh, is yeah. like super awesome. Cool, man. Cool. Do you So you mentioned a little bit earlier, but do you feel like this whole film school thing was worth it, man? I think I, I was, I think I actually changed my mind about yeah. this about a month ago. <laughs> I used to say no, because I would look at that student debt and be like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's bad, dude. That yeah. is no good. But I think... All the people that I still talk to in my life, 90% of them are people who I met through that school and people who I still like want to work with today and talk like projects with. So I think that is like invaluable Mm. and I think that makes it worth it. But you should tell your friends that you get the number of your student debt and then divide it by your friends. And you tell each and every one of them, this is how much you mean to me because clearly I didn't need the school. Yeah, I just exactly. needed the friends. <laughs> well, and that's kind of the problem with it. Like I was already interested in film for eight years before I ended up going to college for it. So yeah. you go to these intro classes and they're like, this is how you set up a tripod. This is the rule <laughs> of thirds. Like all this stuff that I'm like, do people not know this already? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. come on. <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> Well, you actually mentioned something uh, when you were giving me your notes and stuff uh, that I, I actually want to know about. Um, mm-hmm. You said you spent a year at the Art Institute of Atlanta, and that it was a huge mistake. So yes. please expound. That was, I would say, the biggest mistake of my entire <laughs> life. I, I moved away from all my awesome friends that uh-huh. I had, and I didn't see some of them for like quite a while. <laughs> and it was so expensive, and that was truly a joke. I spent a year there. And I think I took eight semester or because they did it really weird that very short semester. Mm. So you go through like four like quarters a year. So I did like eight different quarters or like four quarters there. Mm. And that was like a ton of classes. And out of all of those, I remember walking away and being like only three of those had literally any value to me. And I just spent so much money on this, like, $80,000 school. Oh. I was like, what a joke. Why did you decide to do that? Why did you decide, like, no, I'm going to I'm going to Atlanta. I'm going to Atlanta now. It was more just, like, being a naive kind of kid right out of high school mm. and being like, okay, I know I want to do film. And, you know, first thing you do, you get on Google and you're like, film schools in Atlanta. Yeah. And you kind of go through the list and you're like, oh, the Art Institute looks awesome. I've heard that name before. I want to go there. Yeah. So I like just kind of blindly picked it, ended up going, realized like the third quarter was a huge mistake. And I was just like, yeah, after this next quarter, I'm out. Dude. Yeah. I'm moving. I'm moving back down to Savannah. Like, <laughs> this is no good. But it wasn't a scam. See, I was kind of hoping secretly that it was like some sort of scam. Like, you know, like you draw the pirate scam, you know, like I'm an artist. I can draw the pirate. Yeah. You know, I didn't know if it was like the film school equivalent of drawing that thing. I think it definitely is a scam. It's just such a weird environment. Like. You go there and it's just all these people who are like, just like really like quirky people <laughs> and like 90% of them are just like stoned as hell in class and it's just like, nice, dude, what am I even doing here? They don't even care about the work. They're just like <laughs> going to the woods, smoking blunts and then like coming back to class and the, the teacher every day shows up. She's like, guess how many people I smelled that smelled like weed on my way up the building today? And she's like, how many? And she's like, a lot. Every floor. Oh, wow. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know if this is the, I don't know if this is the best place to be getting an education. I don't think there's too much value here for me. Well, could you at least keep like the credits that you earned? You didn't have to like retake any of that nonsense? See, okay. that, that was the one thing that was like a blessing from yeah. it is I took the world's easiest math class. <laughs> I was in college doing like, just the easiest math you've ever seen. Like, <laughs> and then I went to, when I transferred to Georgia Southern, they're like, yeah, you have all your math classes done. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yes. That was amazing. <laughs> I would have had to do real math here. <laughs> that would have been a nightmare. <laughs> so you said you, uh, when you were doing all this college stuff, you were making some stuff. What kind of stuff have you made? 
So a lot of the stuff I've made has just been like, I would say more or less just like test things, if you want to call it that, mm. just kind of stuff to help me like learn skills. Like I made this little short when I was first learning how to like animate stuff called Roger the Grape. And it's literally just like a grape walking through a couple of scenes because I was like, <laughs> animating a circle is pretty easy. It just kind of moves along. <laughs> but at Georgia Southern, I made like definitely some much better work. Uh-huh. Made the the best film that I ever worked on and helped help create was called I Hate When Balloons Fly Away. Uh-huh. And it's a love story about a guy who is in love with this balloon, hmm. but she ends up breaking up with them, but then they become good friends in the end. <laughs> and it's a, it's a nice, wholesome love story. <laughs> a funny story about that one, too, is I got this weird text one day from this person, and I was like, they were asking for like someone who wasn't me, and I was like, oh, I think you have the wrong number, man. And he's like, oh, my bad. And then like a week and a half later, I was like, he texted me again. I was like, he was like, hey, man, how you doing? Just checking up on you. And I, I like just kind of, as a joke, sent back like, oh, I'm, I'm doing great, man. And you know, I just kind of swamped <laughs> on this essay here, trying to do this research paper for a film class. And he was like, oh, crap, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to message you again. And then he ends up like finding this article and sending it to me. He's like, I think this might help you with your paper. <laughs> and I was like, it actually did. Like, I ended up using it as a source. And I was like, dude, that's so awesome. And we just kind of started talking. And he was like, what are you, like, are you, so you're going to film school? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, that's crazy. My wife is actually, she works lighting at Lucas Films. Oh, no way. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you serious? <laughs> so I was like, do you want to see the short film I made? And I sent it to him. He was like, that was pretty funny. I like that. That's so awesome. Like, that's so awesome. I was like, maybe someone over at Lucas Films has seen my crappy little short film about a <laughs> balloon love story. <laughs> But also, uh, I don't know if you know this, but that's how you get murdered. Uh, you're just like, oh, hey, yeah, what's up? Yeah, you just yeah. become best friends with some guy who <laughs> some guy talks the- to you on the phone. <laughs> that's cool, though. That's cool. That's the trustingness that we need, you know, in this world. You'd be like, you know, whatever. I'd be doing that. Like, there was one time that I got a, I got a message while I was at work, and they were like, um, we're going to be at so-and-so was literally across the street in like 30 minutes for so-and-so's birthday. And I was like, I'll bet on my way, right? <laughs> they were like, like I don't oh, wait, know who is that? I was like, no, nah, actually, I, I, work at, I work at Target. Uh, they're like, oh, I was like, but I guess my invite doesn't matter and they're like no you can come on i was like no nah, hey, well at least they're inviting i guess <laughs> at least they got that going for them so you said one that you liked did you ever make anything that was just terrible oh yeah, yeah. i mean i think anyone who's made any sort of art can go back and look at all their early stuff and just like cringe i mean like <laughs> going back and looking at like super old runescape videos i made you know yeah. like 13 years ago even some stuff I made in college, you just kind of look at it and you're just like, yeah, that could have been way better. <laughs> Especially, like, I made this one documentary about this guy named John Cook. And mm. he has his own, like, he basically discovered a way to turn glass into concrete and, mm. like, more efficiently recycle it. Oh, that's cool. And we tried to make a documentary on him and everything was going good. We had the headphones on for the audio. We did a great interview. And then we get home and look at the footage and, like, there's just this terrible, like, happening like in the audio we're just like no we're sitting there trying to like scrub it out (laughs) but it was just like so bad we're just like dude that just kind of like threw this whole thing in the trash did you end up using it still we well we did because it was a class project but we never like publicly released it like Uh we wanted to and he just had like kind of such a busy schedule it was so hard to like kind of get everything back together so we just like put it on the back burner which just kind of got farther and farther away (laughs) so we were like it was it was a good try, a cool <laughs> idea. I ended up hearing that someone else was making a documentary on him, so I was like, maybe they can do the mistakes. There you go. They cannot not make the same mistakes you we did. Message them anonymously. That's what you should do. <laughs> yeah, just be like, Watch your audio. Yeah, I think I've got this uh, video that would help with you. <laughs> <laughs> His house hisses very loudly. Trust me, I know. I was there. So could I could I Google and find these uh, weird videos of you on RuneScape? Uh, you probably well, could. I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm, I, I won't disclose that like information on the podcast. When we're done with this. <laughs> Dude, he doesn't even know. My own girlfriend hasn't even seen these wow. videos. And I've been dating her for seven years. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of, it, it's just some cringe stuff. <laughs> it's not to let those skeletons out the closet, but. <laughs> it's, like, it's okay, though, because I know she has a secret YouTube channel. Like, oh, really? stuff. <laughs> making, like, old, like, My Chemical Romance videos oh, and stuff. Oh, hell yeah. I just imagine her as, like. A nine-year-old just dancing. Y'all, I'm should like, have a, y'all should have like a day. Y'all should have like a film day. You brought all your friends over and then you put up a, a, a projector. Follow me. Put up a projector and everyone comes over. They bring the wine like you oh, said before. No. And you watch you guys' garbage YouTube <laughs> no. videos. That sounds great. 
If if I ever had to watch those videos with her, we would sit on the couch, put a cardboard barrier between <laughs> us so we don't have to look at each other's shame and just like laugh at each other from behind the barrier in a safe and humane way. <laughs> well, your current full-time job is actually in wedding uh, production videos for weddings. So right. how'd you end up there? So that's actually a super weird story. So I ended up about a year ago, actually, cl- probably close to a year ago today. I got a job at a restaurant in Statesboro called So Yummy. Mm. And the owner of it, Adam, during my interview, we were just kind of talking. And he's like, you know, what do you like? What'd you go to school for? And I was like, oh, I went for film. And he's like, do you still do stuff? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I just spent four years working on it. So. <laughs> and he's like, do you have a reel? And I was like, yeah, sure. And like, I showed it to him. And then he was like, okay. He's like, I actually also own a media production company. <laughs> and if you got a job here, I would very quickly try to get you like on board with that stuff. Oh, nice. So I ended up just like starting off doing like different promotional stuff. We would have like a weekly special at the restaurant. So Mm -hmm. I would, you know, make videos like showcasing our different sushi rolls or whatever we were doing. And then I was, I only worked there for a few months. And when I got the job, I told him like, I'm going to be leaving this day because I'm moving. I just need a job like right now. Mm. And like before I left, he was like, what can I do to like keep you around? And he had thrown out the idea of weddings before. So I was like, dude, just like send me a wedding. So they did that. I got in contact with the co-owner of that company, Two Mm. Fly Guys Media. And I just got on board with that and started doing that. And it's just kind of been a weird, wild blast since. (laughs) That's cool, man. That's cool. So like, what is your job exactly? You just get there and film? like. So most of what I do, it started off as like, I was just the editor. They would go shoot all the weddings because they had a few other videographers who they would rely on to help go shoot stuff if they had like a busy month. Yeah. But at the time I got that job, it was maybe September. And in October, they were like, okay, we have 11 weddings this month. And we do, we have multiple that are on like the same day. Like we need more people to shoot. Like, do you want to shoot some weddings? And I was like, yeah, sure. So it went from like them, like mailing me hard drives. Cause at the time when I first got the job, I was actually living in like this cabin in the woods with no internet. (laughs) So they had to mail me hard drives (laughs) so I could edit it. I would have to edit like a draft or two and then send it back and they would like touch it up <laughs> or i would literally drive to like dunkin donuts and upload stuff and oh like, my god Here, here's the draft and it would take like two hours and then <laughs> I, like days later i get the feedback and i was like this is just a nightmare <laughs> but now i just kind of you know show up they'll send me the schedule beforehand and be like you know this is kind of when all the big things are happening like bouquet toss and this is when the reception's going to start and when everyone's going to be arriving mm. and you just kind of show up show up like 45 minutes early just in case there's some crazy traffic or the bride's freaking out like where's the videographer even though you're not scheduled for another hour but yeah very stressful day on them so <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah can't can't blame them so show up early usually just start grabbing some footage introduce yourself just kind of go with the day then then you just kind of like follow the bride and groom around and get different shots of them doing stuff <laughs> it's a very it starts off very awkward yeah like, no one wants to just be like have that candid film going yeah. on well, right in their face. It's just this guy now. Like it's just me and my wife. We're just doing whatever. And now there's just now there's just Jared yeah. guy. He's just staring at me, yeah, filming so... everything I do. Like, should I smile now? What do I do? <laughs> yeah, there's so many times where like the bridesmaids will just be like talking, and they'll do this kind of thing where they like, look over as you talk as they're talking, <laughs> and they'll just start laughing and be like, "This is so awkward." Like, this guy, I'm just trying to have a good time. This guy's filming me, and they'll like say that out loud, and I just kind of like. <laughs> I, like, what do I even say to that? I just, like, walk away. I'm Aww. just like, I'm sorry. I, I, they're paying me to be here. So I'm going to film everybody. They want to remember that you were here, too. So <laughs> so do you have to film, like, the whole wedding? Like, you get there and you set up and you're just like, everything that happens for the next, I don't even know how many hours a wedding is. It seems like a thousand. You're just yeah, that... filming everything? So usually what we'll do with the company that I work for, we'll go in and we'll get there and we'll film, like, the bride and the groom getting ready. And then we'll go film, like, the ceremony, do, like, some photos of them beforehand. Mm. And the ceremony, it kind of just depends, like, what, like, religion they are. Like, <laughs> Catholics have incredibly long ceremonies. It, yeah. You're going to be standing there for, like, an hour running, like, three different tripods trying to get the <laughs> shot of, like, them walking down the aisle and stuff. And then, like, some weddings, they're just like, yeah, I just want a quick, easy wedding. And they're yeah. going to... I've had one that was like nine minutes and I was like, this is beautiful. This made my day. And then usually they'll go do like their cocktail hour. So all the guests will go over there and you'll follow the bride and groom, get like some shots of them being all super happy and glowy. Cause you know, it's a good moment. They just yeah. got married. So like they're feeling pretty good and euphoric by then. So mm-hmm. go get some shots of that. 
Then after everyone eats, you just spend the night filming some dancing. Then at some point, whenever you feel like you got enough, you go up to the bride and you're like, shake your hand. Be like, it was very good to be here. I appreciate you having me. <laughs> if you're lucky, some the wedding planner will come up and be like, here's a tip from the father. And oh, you're like, nice. oh, heck yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. I didn't expect being a videographer to earn me tips. I yeah. thought that was like a restaurant Are you at least thing. dancing for it? No. Not, uh, well, actually, we do. Like, yeah. I'll, we'll get out there and you know, you have the camera, so you're trying not to... Yeah. Be too crazy, but you, you do a little shimmy. <laughs> do a little shimmy out That's there. That's where the tips come from. Yeah, like, you, got, oh. you got to blend in. You know? It can't just be that weird dude stoically in the crowd, like filming everyone's parents and grandparents dancing. Like, like dude, this guy is a creep, man. <laughs> so, how much do you film versus like how much do you like edit it down to? So, like, you edit, like, are you filming like three, four hours of this nonsense? And then what is it down to, like an eight minute video? Because I'm not going to sit there and watch. Like, I was at the wedding, and that's whatever, that's great. But I'm not going to sit there and watch the full... <laughs> oh, yeah, no. So, we'll film for... Usually, the typical day is probably, like, 10 hours. So, you'll get there, like, early in the morning, maybe, like, 11 or 12, and then leave, like, 10 at night. Sometimes they'll want you to, like, stay a little later and film, like, you know, whatever stuff. Usually... Because usually, luckily with weddings, the bride and the groom will do like their send off. So they'll go kind of early. So once that's done, mm. we're just like, that's our send off too. We're out of here. <laughs> like, get the shot of them walking away, go straight to your car. <laughs> One of our videographers, my friend David Bash, he's like, sometimes I even just put my backpack on as I film the send off. I film it and I walk straight to my car. After. <laughs> I was like, that's the pro move right yeah. there. But yeah, then we'll go ahead and we'll edit two videos for them. So we'll do the full ceremony. And that's more of like a thing that they're they're probably not going to watch that anytime soon. You know, they they were just there. They were at the <laughs> yeah. wedding. They remember what happened. But that's a cool thing to have like 30 years down the line where you're just like, oh, yeah, we've been married so long. Like we should watch like the day we got married and they see it all and maybe see like, you know, grandparents who walk them down the aisle who aren't around anymore. Just yeah. old friends that they haven't seen in so long. So that's kind of like our, our long term plan there. Mm. But then we'll also edit an eight. Usually an eight-minute, like, hype video. Yeah. Like, you got it right on the money there at the eight minutes. <laughs> so we'll throw that together. We'll usually have, like, four minutes of, like, nice, wholesome, uplifting, like, started off with the whoever was there officiant that day being like, you know, I want to thank everybody for coming out. We'll have, like, different cuts of their speeches talking about, like, oh, I've been friends with Jake for 20 years, and he's the... <laughs> craziest motherfucker i know like, <laughs> just people being drunk and having a yeah. good time and then we'll do like four minutes of just people like partying kind of have more of like the light-hearted stuff or maybe that's where you throw on you know jake's a motherfucker comment, yeah. like, <laughs> something like that and, you know, everyone obviously has different speeches going yeah. on but some of them are they get pretty wild and funny. <laughs> so we try to we try to mix it up and give people what they think based on their friend's speeches gotcha. that they would like <laughs> And then the final shot is, of course, your friend shutting the door as he gets in his car and drives away. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, of course. Just show, it's just a selfie of us being like, thanks for hiring me. I'm, uh, I'm getting out of here. I appreciate the money and the work. Have a happy life. Um, so hiring a, hiring a uh, videographer sounds like something that only, I don't know how to like put this but like people who got like money would be <laughs> yeah. like my broke ass is not hiring a videography so like are you ever like like what's what's it like are these like crazy awesome weddings or are they just like you know are people just have you been paid to go to like a, a small wedding? <laughs> yeah. i try to be very good well so fortunately i got on board with this company at a very good time to where they're starting to get bigger and they have a much better clientele than they <laughs> may be used to uh -huh. but don't have quite the crew yet so i'm still getting like a ton of the work you know yeah. but i'm not going to these like janky weddings <laughs> the biggest horror story i can think of that i instantly thought of when you started saying it is there was this photographer we worked with and she had worked with a wedding planner who during the wedding the mom of the bride was high on meth <laughs> and tried to fight the the wedding planner so they had to call the police and get her taken out of there oh my god and i was just like if that happened at a wedding i would immediately call my boss and be like a meth head just tried to attack me <laughs> what what's the protocol for that am i getting overtime or like what's happening you make an eight minute sizzle reel of that <laughs> yeah exactly i don't think whatever website vimeo or whatever we're putting this on is appropriate this is a world star quality video this is this needs to go somewhere for fights to be seen. 
<laughs> um, well, that's good to know. That's good to know because, like I said, when I think of hiring someone, it has to be like you know those, those like movie things. Like, you know, be like, oh my god, I spent all this money and the dress is nice. And yeah, exactly. all their friends are nice and actually have like an open bar and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've been to a single wedding that doesn't have an open bar. Wow, so <laughs> we have a weird amount of lawyers who uh, hire us as well. I don't know what what that's about. Huh? It's just a weird thing I've noticed. Ever, like so many times, I would say honestly, like thirty three percent of the time, <laughs> if I ask the groom what he does, he's like, oh, I'm a lawyer. I'm oh. just like. Okay. Okay. I'm shocked. <laughs> At this point, I just expect it. I'm shocked that they say something else. Or are there any like perks of doing this job? Like, you know, you got these nice weddings. You're getting free food. You're getting free oh, drinks, man. That, that's the first thing I said. So we don't drink on the job because yeah. I, I think it would just be a weird vibe. It's maybe, yeah. if, maybe if the <laughs> the clientele were meth heads, they wouldn't care as yeah, much. Yeah, true. And I'd knock back a Pick few. Pick your but, audience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the food is definitely the best part because if you can afford a videographer, you can afford some pretty darn good food. Yeah. So that's definitely like the biggest perk. And we've had some where it's just like, you know, a simple little like takeout box of Chinese, but I'm like, ah, it's free to me. And they just like (laughs) prepped it up for me. Nice. And then we've had everything to where like the wedding planner is just like, yeah, no, just go cut to the front of the line and get get some stuff from the buffet. So you just kind of go load your plate up, go sit in the (laughs) corner and like try to hide from everyone and eat. And it's like super awesome. The food is by far the best part. (laughs) So So like, how do you find, like, how do you make sure you're not missing any of the, like, because you never know. This is like a party atmosphere. You never know what's going to happen. Like, especially if there's an open bar, you never know some guy's going to crash through a wall. You you never know, you know? So like, do you have to film the entire time? Have you ever missed anything and just been like, God, they're going to kill me? (laughs) I don't think I've necessarily missed something, but I've definitely had moments where I've been like, if I had known this was going to happen, I would have been in a much different location. Like, <laughs> there's moments where you're kind of standing on the dance floor, looking over, just like filming, you know, grandma dancing. Mm-hmm. And then you look over and six of the groom's friends are physically throwing him into the air. <laughs> but you're like a hundred feet away. So you try to zoom as fast as you can. And you're like literally running over. So you have this super shaky shot. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, some stuff like that. You're just like, man, I really wish I like had filmed that. Yeah. But luckily, we have like kind of a formula that we do for all our videos. So it's kind of just like a mental checklist at this point after you do so many to where mm-hmm. you're just like, okay, I know I have this shot and this shot for this part that I want. And then if something spontaneous happens, you're like, oh, well, that would go cool if I got a shot of the groom's friends throwing him in the air. Like, yeah. that'd be awesome. So you can sometimes just go ask people, like, can you do like something crazy? Like, <laughs> or if you see someone do like a funny dance move, we've gone up and been like, can you do that again? Like, that would be so funny for this video. <laughs> and like, usually they're super drunk by that point. So they're like, fill me up, man. Like, let's go, let's go. And they're just you know, like, going crazy. So like, luckily everyone, you know, it's a wedding. So everyone's having a good time. So yeah. people are like super willing to work with you on stuff like that, which is really nice. This actually just popped in my head. Um, I didn't write it down. But like, how how prevalent is the like, because you see it all the time on the internet it's like the the like the, the choreographed dance is that now part of it now like oh here we go we're gonna do some like nonsense dance off of tiktok i see it every day i see it every day is that not like the most important thing like the, the groom's like if you don't get out there and you don't do that dance i swear to god yeah, so, uh, <laughs> there, there's definitely a lot of of different like dances that come up all the time mm-hmm. like there's almost there's like a hundred percent chance that the wiggle is gonna come yeah. on at Keep like shuffle almost every, repeat. Yeah, that stuff's always coming on. <laughs> there's some weddings that like you can just tell when you get there, you're like, I know for sure these people will conga line tonight. <laughs> and then like sure enough, that night some dude's like, Conga line and you're just like, Yeah, here we fucking go. I'm not saying I called it, but I definitely knew it. There's like a few of those that just pop up consistently, and mm. that's definitely the worst part too, is like having to hear the same songs for like six hours and oh, just yeah. like dude this i swear this is just the same set list i listened to last weekend but they just pass it between djs yeah, i think they really do i mean it's a wedding so you know people want to dance and yeah. if you're maybe not as comfortable with dancing like if the guy's just singing the dance moves you're like i can stomp my feet two times so you're like, i'll get up there like i'm drunk let's go like, fucking do that has uh has this job taken you anywhere cool you got to go anywhere like super rad or is it just mainly like um i don't know barns <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because we actually have filmed in literal barns oh, before. Sure. <laughs> it's a weird weird place to film a wedding teach their own um i would say the coolest places that i've been is we do a lot of stuff in like north georgia like mm-hmm. way up in the mountains there 
which is beautiful once you get there, but an absolute atrocity getting there because you're driving on these sketchy dirt roads. Google Maps is like a mile behind where you are. I've just straight up lost GPS signal before and literally had to drive like for like 30 minutes while my other videographer is just like trying to get in contact with me. And I'm just like, dude, I don't have signal. I have no idea where I am right now. Like I'm just driving kind of in the direction I hope is right. <laughs> And so it's like the best and the worst. But we also do a lot of stuff in Charleston, which uh-huh. like, I love as a city. I don't go there super often. So getting to go there is always like super cool. Hang out for the for a while there. Enjoy the atmosphere. That's cool, man. That's Drive cool. Drive over their sweet bridge. Maybe fly the drone over the river and get a sweet <laughs> shot of that. Just some fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, speaking of North Georgia, you're actually planning on moving to uh, Hotlanta here pretty soon in totally. pursuit of your dreams. So uh, Why? Uh, well, I think it's just time to give it a second try. Yeah. I, I went up there. I went up without my girlfriend the first time, and it, it just sucked ass. The and the school was a nightmare. I didn't really like socialize with a ton of people because uh-huh. I didn't really relate to a lot of the people there. But now I like all my friends that I met at Georgia Southern, they either have family up there or they've just moved up on their own. So they're like, yeah, like let's all go up there. Nice. So now when I go, it's like I'm not the only one there. I'm not building from zero. Like I have all these friends who are already working in the industry. My friend Kelsey Deppenhardt has worked on like these Marvel, Netflix, oh, Disney sets. Like she's out there grinding away, giving me advice on how to kind of get myself out there. Uh-huh. I have friends working for these different companies, friends in kind of the same boat as me. Who are like, yeah, I, I want to get back into film because maybe they haven't been for a while. Mm. And they're like, yeah, I really want to give it another go. So I think it's going to be this super awesome like melting pot of like various levels of motivation where it'll just be like people along with me, people like who can help me out. And then maybe hopefully some people who I can help out along yeah, the way as Yeah, yeah, well. that sounds cool, man. Are you nervous? Um, I don't <laughs> think so. Not this time. I, defi- I definitely was moving up, but now I'm just kind of ready to go. We've been trying to move up there for like four months and finding the mm. place has just been a nightmare and we finally almost got one ready to go. So now it's just kind of like, all right, pack the shit up and let's go. Like, I'm ready to get up here. Ready to see all my friends again. Yeah. Now I'm the weird one living away again. Everyone, <laughs> first I moved away, now everyone moved away from me. So I'm like, damn, I got to keep catching up to everybody. Maybe it's you. Yeah, maybe. I just, I move at all the wrong times is really what it is. So you said you're going to go up there because you want to focus on a narrative slash fiction films right so like what is the difference in say and that and say what you've been like doing like when you were in school and stuff like that well so do in school like i always knew narrative was kind of where i wanted to Mm -hmm. go so i have been like that's what i tried to focus on and make the most of but since then i mean especially because i live so far away from like all my friends like my filmmaking friends it's really difficult to like just make a film on your own yeah because there's so much that goes into it and like I was telling you before the interview, like I'm no master of audio. Like I have my specialties. I have my friends who have theirs. So it's kind of like pooling everyone together is kind of a hassle, especially once you can't use the I'm a student excuse anymore. It uh-huh. becomes even harder because places <laughs> are a lot less willing to be like, yeah, sure. You can come into our pizza joint at night after we close. We trust you. Here's a key. Yeah. <laughs> a place in a college town. They're just like, sure. I don't care. These kids aren't going to rob me. One guy was like, yeah, there's cameras. I'll catch you if you do. Nah. They're just like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, good point. We're not going to rob you, but then I appreciate your bluntness, I guess. <laughs> I always appreciate someone's bluntness. <laughs> of course. So it's just going to kind of be this awesome yeah. experience of getting back into it. And not that I don't love making wedding videos, but yeah. it's, it's not where the heart lies. Yeah, you know? yeah, I know, man, I know. But you you said something that I had never actually thought of. You said the narrative is not where the money is. I've, what when I think money, I think Marvel, I think all these big, huge films that are like right. billions and billions of dollars. But how come you said that's not where the money is? Well, so there's this kind of inherent problem with working in narrative film, and that's that there, it's really hard to get on board long term with a company like that so Mm -hmm. a lot of companies what they'll do like with my friend kelsey for example like pilot seasonal roll around or a company like marvel will come to town and be like we're going to be shooting this movie and they'll hire a bunch of people from atlanta to shoot that movie Mm -hmm. but then once they're done maybe their next movie is going to be filmed in california so they're not just going to fly everyone from atlanta out there they're just going to go to california with like their consistent crew yeah and hit up people there and be like all right, get some of the locals in here to help fill out these like PA jobs, grip jobs, just kind of like the the more intro level stuff that most people can do to kind of get on set and get that experience. 
And then that kind of comes back to networking. Like even after college, that's all film is, is networking, mm -hmm. knowing the right people. So when someone says, I need an editor, some guy's like, well, I know Jared Cobb. He's a good editor. <laughs> Hit him up. And then some dude calls me up and I'm like, oh, there's my job for the next like six weeks. Yeah, okay. Because I've met people who have had shows winning like Emmys on NBC and stuff. No way. Who are still like, they're like, yeah, my day job is uh, I teach old people how to use computers. <laughs> and I was like, what do you teach them? He's like, literally the most basic stuff, like yeah. how to use a mouse. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, man, this dude's over here winning like Emmys and stuff, and he's still got the day job. Yeah, like, man. So yeah, that's kind of the inherent struggle of narrative film. Unless you're someone like a director, like Spielberg or something, mm. it's not – the average person going into it is not going to – like have that be their full-time living gotcha and that's kind of why i'm fortunate enough to at least be in like the realm i want doing marketing and editing stuff mm -hmm. but we're trying to push some of that narrative yeah. stuff in there too <laughs> that's cool kind of sprinkle man. it on top pay the bills and do the fun work <laughs> at the same time <laughs> well do you have anything lined up when you when you get there not particularly. I'm Scary. still going to be. Uh, <laughs> I'm still going to be working for the same company that mm -hmm. i am now because luckily a lot of our weddings are in atlanta nice. So I'll just be closer to that. So if we have one there, I'll just be more likely for my boss to hit me up and be like, Jared, go film these people on, on Saturday. And I'll be like, sweet. sweet. Sounds good. <laughs> oh, cool. I'll be there and I'll just <laughs> mail me a bunch of camera gear and I'll be good to go. <laughs> well, um, do you have like a dream project that you would just kill to work on? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I've never been a dream, man. Come on. What are you doing if you're not dreaming? Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if I could go and edit something that even just like made it to some sort of high level award like either like the Sundance Film Festival yeah. or like the Oscars if you're going super big like even if i had something that the general consensus was like this is worthy of such a high title like that'd be it for me i'd be like <laughs> i have truly peaked that yeah. would, that would be like the dream come true <laughs> it's just people all agreeing like that was good enough for like the highest level gotcha gotcha like, well that's Atlanta, kind of the dream Atlanta's kind of this weird like thing now like a lot of companies are going there a lot of mm -hmm. like you had mentioned there's some marvel stuff there but they filmed all of the walking dead that was up there right. they, people are because it's like i guess easier or because the cities that you know they it's an it's actually like the new in my opinion it's becoming like this new like influx of, of movie stuff there's so much right. stuff that they make i mean hell they, they, they're even trickling down here and making stuff in savannah they go yeah, back exactly <laughs> so the reason for that is actually because georgia has very good tax laws when it comes to filmmaking <laughs> so it's actually like really cheap to film here mm -hmm. and i don't there was some controversy that happened that i can't remember but they actually the film industry like threatened to like just like move out if they like remove this tax stuff and if they ever did remove those tax laws like it'd be over the film industry would just like like suck really? up so fast out of georgia it'd be insane <laughs> it would literally be honestly like an overnight sensation like wow i'd be willing to bet movies would stop there and just like pack up and go film somewhere else because like <laughs> that is like the big incentive here is wow not, the, not the lovely weather not this thousand degree heat and yeah, bugs no, that are bigger than <laughs> yeah, surprisingly it's not the hundred yeah? percent humidity oh, well. that draws people i thought that was what it was you know they I wanted know, an authentic sweat <laughs> yeah yeah they really wanted that sauna experience every minute of their life they just weren't getting enough of it <laughs> well besides being the next michael bay you're also dabble into uh hot sauce yes dude. <laughs> I, the show hot ones definitely got me hooked on yeah. hot sauce it started off as just trying to keep eating the hottest thing that i could like the hottest hot sauce i could find uh -huh. and then one day i was just like curious so i looked up how to like make hot sauce and i was like this is easy as hell dude what the heck? <laughs> so i just started whipping up my own stuff nice like, man so what's the process like you say it's easy as hell we just put some stuff in together and you're like hot yeah, sauce. So literally if you wanted to make a super basic hot sauce you can just get a get some peppers get a couple cloves of garlic and some white vinegar throw all that into like a pot, maybe boil it to kind of simmer the flavor, mm -hmm. blend it up. And that's kind of like your super basic hot sauce. <laughs> Pretty much every recipe I've made has started there. <laughs> and it's just been like, okay, well, maybe if I throw some some carrots in or whatever, you know, stuff for flavor, onions, uh -huh. like throw that in, just keep like experimenting and like just doing your home cook kind of thing. Uh -huh. And then you just get some, some good tasty sauce out of it. <laughs> well, how'd you learn? You just internet... Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so I just kind of watched like a few YouTube videos. Like I've always been interested in cooking. So it just kind of like stemmed from that of being like, okay, well, I, I love eating hot sauce. So how do I make my own? Yeah. And then I realized it was easy as heck. So I just watched like, usually what I'll do is I'll go find a recipe that I think sounds good. 
And then I'll like do like some variation of it. Like maybe they put something in that I don't like, like cilantro or something. And mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to put any of that in, but I'll <laughs> put, put some of this stuff in instead. And uh-huh. Just kind of experiment that way and then end you. up with some good stuff. And I've made some really bad sauces too. <laughs> There's some where I'm just like, yeah, that is 100% onion. And that is, <laughs> it's not hot. It's just liquid onion. onion. It's re- oh. <laughs> really bad. Oh. <laughs> really no good. Well, like, aren't there, like, reg- regulations that you have to follow? Like, you're just some guy making right. hot sauce. I don't think it should be legal for you. I don't know. Maybe it should be. To just make <laughs> some stuff and then, like, be like, huh? I don't know what you put in the hot sauce. I don't well, know what you're trying to do to me. <laughs> well, if I was selling it, there are regulations there. Like, I would have to put the ingredients that I put mm-hmm. in it. A lot. Some places would want you to get it, like, FDA approved, essentially. Mm-hmm. Some places, like would be like uh you need like a scoville test so you can put like how hot this is so you can like measure it accordingly but that's a that one's a little more like wonky there where people aren't as they don't care they just want some sauce but luckily my adventure with it so far has just been making it and bringing it to potlucks and <laughs> everyone unanimously has agreed like yeah that like the, this one that i make they're like that is like really damn good dude yeah like, i'm loving it <laughs> so like i don't know maybe i should get into the hot sauce business. hey maybe maybe so how long does it take to start from a bunch of water and everything to make an actual hot sauce like the one that's good that people care about how long does that one take honestly probably like 30 minutes really like, we go whip some up right here yeah. like, it's so easy man because like, all i mean all you're really doing is cutting up some vegetables boiling a little vinegar and then like blending it and some recipes definitely taste a lot better if you let them just sit there for a while and mm. kind of like ferment to get all those flavors together but some of them, man, like we'll make that, and it's like it's literally still steaming, and we're putting chips in it. Like, <laughs> damn, it's so good, dude! <laughs> Can't get enough. Is it like, is there like a culture around the hot sauce, or like hot sauce bros? Oh yeah, yeah. Dude. It's become a weird thing, and I think hot sauce definitely fostered and like cultivated that. There's this one guy. He's uh, based in South Carolina. His name is Smokin' Ed Curry, <laughs> and he's the guy who invented the the ghost pep or the Carolina Reaper. Mm-hmm. And he made the last dab for hot ones. He's just like the godfather of hot sauce. And everyone's <laughs> just like, that's the man. Uh-huh. So like, I think people like that have definitely kind of cultivated this whole community and bringing people together. I've heard stories. I've never looked into it, but apparently there's like hot pepper conventions and stuff. <laughs> people going to like the Minnesota State Fair competing for the best hot sauce that, and stuff. That's like, fun. Just such wacky stuff like that. <laughs> so what to you makes a good hot sauce? personally to me i'm like i'm like a sucker for heat so i definitely want to like feel the burn when i'm eating it if it's like a casual sauce you know i don't want to like be on fire but i still want to be like you know doing that kind of yeah (laughs) like when you're eating away it's like yeah that's that's toasty man but definitely you know tons of flavor i don't really like hot sauces that are purely there to be like this is hot yeah like because a lot of it'll be like pain yeah it'll just be like the synthetic heat, like, they'll just take, like, crystallized capsaicin, which is, like, the chemical that makes it hot, mm. and they'll just put that into, like, vinegar, a little dye, and, like, maybe one, like, a couple peppers, and I'm uh-huh. just like, dude, yeah, it's, like, six million scovilles, and it burns like heck, but it, this tasted so bad. Like, the taste <laughs> alone makes me want to, like, throw up. It's <laughs> so, like, the flavor has to be there for me. That's always yeah. my number one, and yeah. if I can get, like, a throw ghost pepper two in there and heat it up I'm, like i'm all on board for it <laughs> oh my in my opinion uh, the best thing about hot sauce is like the stupid awful names um so that's true but <laughs> did any of yours have like fun names like the butt blaster or the mega sore ass <laughs> both of those are real by the way oh, i looked no. up terrible hot sauce names so mega sore ass is out there on a store near nice. you. <laughs> imagine being a distributor and yeah. purchasing <laughs> yeah. trying to sell that <laughs> i have like a hat and try to take yourself seriously we yeah. want to get mega sore ass on your shelves there you go that would be a hard pitch mine don't really have a i haven't really named any of mine i kind of have like a working brand name Mm -hmm. that i've decided if i were to sell it i would go under and it's smoking jays smoking jays i I don't know it's just got a good ring to it it's like i like the super hot sauce so i think it kind of like throws like yeah it's like smoking heat out there (laughs) 
it, it can maybe be misconstrued in some ways. That's what but... I was thinking. I was like, oh, we smoking J's? <laughs> yeah. yeah but, well, we were talking about that, too. We were like, you could definitely pander to the high oh, audience. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe call up some uh, dispensaries in these legal states and be like, you may want to throw one of these on there. I'll send you some free. You can give it out with a couple joints there. I've just never, never understood why they always go with like names that sound like, oh, my God, this is going to put you in the hospital like i never understood right. the point of that it's just like this will kill you like well then i don't want to do it <laughs> i think there's definitely like a culture for it yeah. to where it's like a machismo like I yeah exactly exactly <laughs> the best way i can put it is there's this meme where this guy's talking and he's like i think the the whole conspiracy about white people not being able to take heat goes to the middle class because every redneck I go goes out and buys themselves a bottle of like ass blaster every, t- every time they go to Ace Hardware. And I was like, yeah, that is very true. Very true. There are definitely people out there doing that. So you uh, you said you got yours in, featured in a restaurant. How'd that come about? Yeah, so that was when I worked at So Yummy there. And uh-huh. I, I kind of like boasted about it. Like they were like, oh, do you cook anything? And I was like, oh, I make a pretty mean hot sauce. So. Yeah. And then one day they were just like, yeah, like you want to whip some up for us? And, and I was like, yeah, sure. Will you buy this stuff? And like, told them what I needed. They got it and I made some up and like had it in the restaurant and everyone tried it. <laughs> and I'll always remember this. The head chef, his name was John. Uh-huh. He had told me like weeks later after he tried it, he was like, man, when you brought that sauce in, that shit pissed me off. <laughs> why? I, I was like, why? He was like. Because it was so good, man. I was mad I didn't make it. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I'm honored, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> but he ended up working with me on it. And he, uh-huh. he made these like deep fried avocado fries that he found paired like really well with it. So that was like one of our weekly specials one week. Uh-huh. So I always tell everyone, like me and my friends went out and got some. And I was like, yeah, smoking J's in the restaurant. <laughs> and I made them put smoking J's on the on the menu there. Ah, that's so great. it said like served with smoking J's hot sauce. And I was like, half of me was like, dude, they actually did it. That's Awesome. That's super cool. Glad they man. respect me enough for that. Well, we, well, now you were selling it to the people, though. Should you have technically had some sort of listed ingredients or something on the back of it? Well, I think that it being in a restaurant, we didn't really necessarily need to because uh-huh. it, it described what it was like there. So I'm trying to tell you, I've already called the cops. They're coming. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> Look, I don't work for that place anymore. You can go deal with them. <laughs> I do not associate anymore. <laughs> but did people like it besides your friends and stuff? Were they like, oh, man, that's my jams? Yeah, as far as I could tell, everyone that I had like heard who uh, asked like the people who had tried it, they were like, yeah, they all said it was really good. Hey. So I was like, there you go, dude. Maybe nice. I'll be able to uh, get it out. <laughs> was well, this something you're going to pursue later in life? You're going to be smoking Jay if this whole Atlanta thing falls through? I don't know. See, I'm kind of thinking about just like trying to do it on the side. Uh-huh. Because... While we were filming something for the restaurant while I was doing their marketing for them, we had this guy on there. We had like a little talk show that we did. And his name was Mike Roberson, and he's actually the owner of the Savannah Hot Sauce Company. <laughs> so I knew he was going to be on the show. So the night before, I like whipped up a batch of my best sauce, and I brought it, and we'd finished the show, and I was just talking to him, and I was like, hey, man, like I want you to try this. So I like got him some chips, and he tried it, and he was just like, oh, yeah. That's good. We could put that on the shelves. <laughs> so, like, I met with him and was talking to him about it. And he's like, yeah, dude, if you want, like, a distributing deal, like, I'm more than happy to sell it if you just get me the product. Oh, nice. So, I was like, I don't know, dude. It's it's always a thing that, like, to me is, like, an option on the back burner. It's just, uh-huh. like, when I find the time or motivation to be like, all right, let's start whipping up 100 <laughs> jars of hot sauce yeah. a day here. <laughs> That's kind of the big factor there. I got you. I got you. That's cool, though, man. That's cool. I'm glad that your little hobby turned into something, man. That's awesome. I know. That seems to be my thing is yeah. making money off weird hobbies. Yeah. Start making RuneScape videos and hot sauce, <laughs> and next minute you're smoking Jay and Jerry Cobb Films LLC. <laughs> Who would have thought? If you don't make a hot sauce named RuneScape, uh, I'm going to be pissed off at you. <laughs> I'll try. I'll make some weird RuneScape reference. Yeah, I'll you make go. like the Saradam and Brew or something <laughs> dork it'll be, it'll be badass <laughs> well if you can believe it man we've been talking for almost an hour so we're gonna start wrapping things up oh, so um it. if you uh, have anything you would like to plug projects music friends anything you got going on this is your time to shine man uh nothing too personal i don't really have too much stuff going on right now i've just kind of been doing all the marketing but i did just start my llc recently jerry nice. cobb films llc so hopefully under that i'll be starting to publish some new work but Sweet. you can Find my Instagram to stay up to date at Jared Corncob. <laughs> love it. Love it, love it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome, man. Before we start the rest of the my normal shtick here, uh, he uh, 
he wanted to ask me a question, and so I'm just going to allow it. I'm going to allow it. I'm going to allow it. Oh, I'm honored. <laughs> so, as I told you earlier, I've been starting to get a lot more into podcasts, mm-hmm. and there's this one really good one where the guy has kind of a similar shtick as you, where he's just you know doing interviews. Mm-hmm. And he had his dad on the show, and his dad asked him a really good question that I now want to ask you. Okay. So your whole premise of your show is that every ordinary person is extraordinary in their own way, right? Yeah. So other than that kind of fact there, what have you learned from doing like 79 episodes of the show? (laughs) Like what's kind of the takeaway that you've gotten from doing all this? (laughs) I've uh, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about the people around me um, and that um, it's really allowed me to talk to people more openly and more readily i used to be a lot more reserved um and i would talk to my friends and be all weird and crazy or whatever but mm-hmm. now like if i'm around somebody for i don't know like five minutes or whatever i'm like hey what's up you know and i just turn on the podcast right, it, it's exactly. giving me this whole um like different bag of tricks that i can use just to get a conversation started and um it's really it opened my eyes to like literally everyone has like i knew it was true before i started the show but literally everyone has something in within them that at least i might find interesting everyone else might be like jesus christ it's so boring someone's gonna be out (laughs) here and just be like oh my god they talked about movies for an hour you know what i mean but like Mm -hmm. to me like that's super fascinating and i it's it's just opened the doors like i said to be able to just talk to strangers and that's something that I, I used to always get in trouble when i was a kid talking at appropriate <laughs> times or whatever and now who's laughing you know yeah, what i mean but it's Take also made mom. me really good at like just meeting people and and doing interviews and and just showing them who i am in a quicker way instead of being more reserved like i just had to do i did an interview for a job and i got the job and i attribute a lot of that because of i'm so used to talking now Mm -hmm. um i do it every single week for hours on end Mm -hmm. that i can find a point and try and make it and it i I, it's helped me land a job. It's helped me make a whole bunch of new friends, and I've learned a whole bunch. So, if that, I mean, that's the best answer I can give you, I think. Yeah, no, that's a great <laughs> answer. I mean, you definitely, even today, you learned how to make some hot sauce. Yeah, man, learning to make a, you know, you you better watch it. You, I'm coming for your, I'm I know, coming for you're your gonna, crown, boy. You're going to be the new smoking Jay. Yeah, smoking Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Got competition. <laughs> Got to get that patent going. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, on top of your final question, um, I have a question I like to ask everyone, and that question is, what is your favorite song? Right now. All right. So right now, it's definitely a kind of weird one. Okay. It's by Mort Garson, and it's called Music to Soothe the Savage Snake Plant. (laughs) And it's from this album called Plantasia, Uh which he describes as music for plants and people who love them. (laughs) And it's just this super whimsical song. It gives me kind of like old Super Mario Galaxy vibes. Nice. It's just like so calming. I'll be driving up and down from Atlanta just like playing that like four times in a row. (laughs) That's awesome, man. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that song and I'm going to put it on a playlist. That playlist is called Bitter and Jaded, the original motion picture soundtrack. Um, And uh, it's just awesome. Check it out if you're out there, um, and you want if you're going about you're about to drive to Atlanta, you got hours to kill, man. Throw that podcast on, and you can hear there all these go. weird songs. There, some of them are awful, some of them are just garbage. But I love it because when I hear that song, when I hear the song about plants, I'm like, oh, that was Jared. Oh my god, yeah. it is crazy, man. You know. And so for me, it's like this time capsule of all the people that have been on my show. But also, it's just this weird like amalgamation of like nonsense, and I just love it. I just love it. So check it out. Check it out it's on Spotify. But I have a final question. Are you ready? So ready. Okay, I typed this up literally seconds before we started the show. The question is, have you ever stolen anything from a workplace? <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Um, oh, man, I'm going to have to think about that one for a second. <laughs> I've done it a lot. Um, I've done it a lot. When he came and sat down, he pointed out Tony, and I, I, uh, I stole a Tony the Tiger probably 12 years ago for my job. I was always taking little things. If it makes me laugh where it's small and like doesn't have any... I, would, I mean, it's not against the law if it was already going to be trash. Come on! Right. Come on! <laughs> See, I don't think I've, like, in the sense that you would think, like, stolen anything, uh-huh. but I've worked in a lot of, like... like Permanently borrowed. Yeah, well, no, 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 no. So I've worked with, like, a lot of food before, you know, uh-huh. so it'll be stuff where if we're just going to throw it away at the end of the night, yeah. you're maybe not supposed to take it, but... If I'm just going to throw it in the trash, I might as well just set it in the fridge yeah. for later. Might as well throw it in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, <I'm here>. exactly. <laughs> so I, I've done that before. But. <laughs> I got you, man. That's <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been great. Um, if you're out there and you want to come on my show, please do. I have a website. It's www.bitterandjadedpodcast.com, or you can email me directly at bitterandjadedpodcast at gmail.com. It goes directly to my phone, and we can set something up. He came over. We've been hanging out, but you don't have to do that. We can literally do on the phone. We can do it over Skype. We can do 
whatever. I just want to get you on because I want to find out what makes you interesting. Um, my outro for the show is really weird. No one ever tells me that they like it, but I like it. So, pfft. Um, <laughs> there you go. I call it musical musings, and uh, music is like the biggest thing in my life. I listen to music all the time, and what I do is I, um, if a song impacts me that week or, or a lyric they say, um, like really affects me, um, I'll write it down or it makes me laugh. You know, I write it down. Oh, uh, and uh, this one has actually been stuck in my head for the past few weeks. And uh, it was recently I saw the new Jackass. Oh, it's fantastic! Oh, there you go. It's fantastic. But it's actually in the Jackass movie as well. Um, but when I hear this song, it's like one of those songs where you can't possibly be in like a negative mindset. Um, I've been going through some changes and stuff, and this song is just you know I literally asked my coworkers I was singing it all week. Um, but the song <laughs> right. is a uh, Good Day by Nappy Roots. Um, and the kids say we're gonna have a good day. All my homies gonna ride today. All these mommies look fly today. All we want to do is get by today. (laughs) So again, thanks for coming on, man. This has been super, super awesome. And if you're out there and you're listening, go ahead and have a good day. I will talk to you later, bud, okay? All right. Appreciate you having me on the show, (laughs) man. Yeah, man. Bye.